हेलो एवरीवन वेलकम टू एपिसोड नंबर थर्टी वन ऑफ स्टार्टिंग टू नो बिजनेस पॉडकास्ट विद योर होस्ट एंड फ्रेंड ईशू सिंह वन आई से स्टार्टिंग टू नो एंड आई टेक ए स्मॉल पॉज एंड से दैट बिजनेस यू नेवर नो स्टार्टिंग टू नो टमोरो इज गोइंग टू बी फॉर साइंस लाइक फॉर एनी स्पेसिफिक नीच टॉपिक्स दैट्स वाई लाइक फॉर दिस पर्टिकुलर episode or for this particular season or this particular time i'm going for business so starting to know business is the podcast that you're listening to right now i want to start this episode by saying thank you so much the amount of love that i'm receiving from you guys is mind blowing thank you so much for the new listeners this podcast is about you helping you to start your business grow your business or run your business and we learn from each other from guest from comments and the messages that i get um, the kind of questions that i ask from my experience the kind of answers that i get from the guest and the things all around it makes this podcast super strong and the amount of value that you gonna get from this podcast is gonna be immense so i started this i started this intro by saying starting to know like sometimes it's gonna be business or in future it might be something else why i started the conversation from there because i am about to launch starting to know digital magazine really really soon within couple of days you will hear that news and maybe in the next episode i will announce the exciting news for you that yeah finally the magazine has been launched just wanted to give you a little bit hint yeah it's going to be coming within maybe this weekend or maybe couple of days afterwards so just keep an eye okay <laughs> i will wait for your positive feedback there as well thank you so much just before we move with the episode flow say hi to your family from my side okay say issue was saying hi thank you so much so this episode is going to be about german startup scene and this is going to be a episode where you will learn a lot about german startup scene what is happening in germany how you can start your business in germany what are the things happening in german uh, right now in germany right now and what are what are the available options for anyone who wants to start the business and this is not coming from anyone this is coming from the host of startup radio uh this podcast is on the top of the list podcast list from couple of years from i would say past many years uh, and the information that you're going to get is going to be pretty legit so i'm not going to test more of your patience uh before we go there uh if you want to learn more about me my business go to issuesing.com now let's welcome joe hi joe welcome to the pod hi issue thanks for inviting me you're welcome here and joe let's start from what is startuprad.io 
Well, StartupRate.io is a podcast I'm running starting in January 2021 full time mm -hmm. that I started back in 2014 as a spin-off of another German-speaking podcast. And basically, it brings you the German startup scene one episode a week. We try to do at least three interviews a month. And once a month, I get together with a, a friend who lives in New York and we get together and discuss the news of the last month and we call it This Month in German Startups. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. And Joe, what kind of startups do you cover on your podcast? Like, is that only startups, only established companies or what kind of taste can be found on your podcast? Across the board, I would say so. Um I do have startups that are already listed, like for example, Credit Shelf here in Frankfurt, they are Germany's only listed pure play fintech. Mm -hmm. And I had interviews, for example, at one event with the 13 year old lady who is in the process of um, getting her uh, fashion app ready to launch. Um, and everything in between. By the way, the lady succeeded. May it just be for the reason that her dad is an engineer with SAP. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, got it. And and Joe, like, how it all started for you? Uh, for you, like, how you thought of becoming a podcast host? Like, when there were very few in the market in 2014, I think I used to listen to maybe one or two, or maybe once in a while. At that time, there was not so much pull that, yeah, you need to come, you need to have your own podcast. Now the scenario is different. So just wanted to go a little bit behind the scenes. Like what was the motivation at that time? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I feel like in a self-help group standing up, hey, I'm Joe, I'm a longtime podcaster. <laughs> um, so I actually started podcasting with the German speaking podcast back in 2012. So eight years ago. Well, um, I have a very good friend who introduced me to uh, my then co-host mm -hmm. in the German speaking podcast. And um, I told him, OK, let's do it. Uh, we, I join you for one or two episodes, which turned out to be almost five years. Mm -hmm. And uh, at one time we kind of um, I kind of split up my own podcast and from 2014 I'm doing my own thing with the startup at mm. Okay. Okay. And as you are very active in German startup scene as well, so can you share some insights with us regarding the startup scene in Germany specifically? Well, the coverage of the German startup scene is pretty spotty. If you look especially in English, Mm -hmm. you will most likely find um, startups from Berlin, like the big guys who already made it, for example, Delivery Hero, Salando, Auto One, mm -hmm. um, and all the other interesting startups. But you won't hear too much about the really interesting startup who actually change a lot. For example, um, here in my region, Rhein-Main, it's the area around Frankfurt, mm -hmm. um, there is a company called BioNTech. They're listed at NASDAQ. They have been founded by an Indian immigrant and they are on the cutting edge together with Pfizer, 
most likely producing the first uh, corona vaccine in the world. And actually, I would like to shine a little bit more light on companies like this. Admittedly, I already requested several times interviews with BioNTech, but with the current situation and they are working on a corona vaccine, um, they have other things to do. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, what kind of startups uh, you were touching on the point so what kind of startups can be seen in germany like is that uh, more on the automotive side more on ai tech side more on the pharma side or it's it's spread all over basically um since we are living in the european union um you would most likely need to see and talk about the European startup scene. I, uh, Germany itself mm -hmm. is not completely self-contained. You frequently meet startups, entrepreneurs, founders, and also a lot of investors from abroad. Um, the German startup scene used to be known only for copycatting um, already working ideas. This is still a thing going on, but there's a big B2B area in German startup scene as well as a big B2C area. B2C are uh, the successful guys, you already know them. And so I thought um, it would be more interesting to focus on a B2B startup case, um, startup cases here. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking mainly at startups in the B2B area. Mm -hmm. I just did this refocus uh, some some time ago. Before that, you will almost find everything. But right now, I'm focused on a B2B mm -hmm. startup okay. scene here in Germany, German speaking. <laughs> I have a great announcement. I will have very soon the first startup on my podcast from Liechtenstein. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, which is the smallest of the German-speaking countries. You usually know um, Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. That's what I take care of. That's the guys I'm talking to on a regular basis. That's the content I'm sharing on my podcast as well as 24-7, of course, with the help of some social media tools, 24-7 on social media. And in mm. the middle between Austria and Switzerland, there is nestled little Liechtenstein, I do believe it has the size of the island of Manhattan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I tried to shine light on those startups that cannot be seen or heard um, in other channels. For almost 90% of the startups I'm interviewing, it's their first English content at all. Wow. And I do that and, and it kind of pays off because there are not too many. There are, of course, a lot of startup podcasts out there. There are three or four here in the region that I'm talked to on a regular basis, but we all have a different focus, a different language. So we don't get into each other's territory, but there are a lot of startup podcasts out there. But I do believe if you have a real focus, mm -hmm. it can still work. And mine is B2B startups. Mm. And that pays off in so far that I have a very wealthy, very intelligent, very intelligent audience mm. that is also giving me great feedback um, and that actually spreads the word. So basically, when you look at the data I get from our website, because as you know, um, 
the big guys like Spotify, like Deezer, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, they're really not big on sharing any data of your listeners, right? Mm -hmm. So um, most of the data I get from my website where people have the option to subscribe. And if you look at that, there's a lot of people with several types of business background as well as a lot of people uh, with background you would associate with investors. I know, for example, that eight to 10 startups every year that I interview get approached by some type of investor, maybe a business angel from Germany, maybe an international investor or corporate venture capitalist. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty easy because I talk to the people. So mm -hmm. first they get to know the founder, then they get to know the problem, then they get to know the startup and how they actually solve the problem. So that's a really interesting thing for everybody who's really um, professionally interested in startups. That's my focus. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, as you may already be able to tell, I'm the I'm the lot of detours. So we always take some interesting detours. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, I had once a startup um, who, who builds digital twins for for all types of airplanes, so you can optimize the amount of fuel you have to have on board for those pot for those um, uh, planes. And then we went through like randomly very different uh, types of planes and, and my interview partner was really starting to sweat oh uh uh we could do that we've never done this before <laughs> but, <laughs> and stuff like this but usually i try to keep it um on an entertaining level but also communicate a lot of um interesting and relevant content and of course, as always, there there's like st the question, are you looking for venture capital funding? Um, are you open to external investors? What are you looking for? What are your expansion plans and stuff like that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, that that's interesting take. Yeah, they're going into different directions just to lighten the mood sometimes. Yeah, it's better. Yeah, yeah. And how is the market? Like, how is the market in... Germany or Europe, like particular cities are having specific type of startups happening because uh, in Canada, like we will talk about that later in other episode, maybe. So like you have the specific cities having specific type of businesses or startup businesses happening there or uh, that's not the case. Uh, in German, we like to say Jein, yes and no. So of course you will find like e-commerce shops all across the board. Um, something that is related to events or something like food, you'll find almost all over. Mm -hmm. Here comes the big but. There are some uh, clusters, some hubs that are starting to um, to aggregate their certain type of startups. For example, Stuttgart, you may know Stuttgart as the headquarter of Porsche, mm -hmm. uh, Bosch, uh, Mercedes, of course, it, Around this city, there's the biggest automotive and machine building cluster in the world. And of course, there are a lot of startups in that area, not per se automotive, but everything that uh, goes um, into automotive, digital automotive, um, Internet of Things, IoT, machine building and stuff like this. Um, then there is, um, traditionally, there was Cologne. The city of Cologne mm -hmm. is also a place Cologne and Düsseldorf, a city close by. And of course, they have this uh, rivalry going on for very close cities as always. Mm -hmm. um, 
and um, they are uh, a center of the German insurance and reinsurance industry. Mm -hmm. And of course, you'll find more insure tech startups there. If you're going like to um, retail brokers that broker retail insurances, you'll find them all over. But uh, everything that's a little bit more focused, going deeper into insurance, you'll either find it there or in Munich. Um, transportation is a big topic in Frankfurt as well as, for example, in Hamburg, the biggest harbor of Germany. And in Berlin, you have um, a lot of um, B2C-focused mm -hmm. startups. Um, we already mentioned a few. And um, everything that is uh, going towards this direction, as well as e-commerce, that, that's a big hub there. Mm -hmm. um, also, um, I would like to point out the city of Darmstadt, for example, they're doing a lot of very high tech stuff. Many people say Darmstadt, never heard about it. Mm -hmm. There is Merck, um, one of the oldest pharma companies in the world. They employ on a global basis, like 250,000 people. There is the oper uh, operations center of the European Space Agency. There's a very important institute for cryptography and so on and so forth. So they are important in terms of really high tech, also cloud computing as well as uh, Frankfurt. Mm -hmm. And um, in the whole Rhine-Main area, for example, there's Böhringer, there is Mac, and there are other... Um, Companies in this area who are interested in chemical industry, BASF, you may know um, mm -hmm. um, about when it's not rush hour, like 45 minutes away from Frankfurt, there's the city of Ludwigshafen. And there you have BASF, the world's or one of the world's largest chemical companies. They have the biggest chemical complex in the world there. Wow. And of course, they are interested in a, another type of startups. But if you if you go around there, you'll find a lot of very interesting, very different startups. And actually, it feels like those startups, well, they don't touch too much. So Frankfurt, for example, is um, is also an important player in um, gaming. Mm -hmm. uh, not close, not too far away from Frankfurt is, for example, the game studio that um, created the Settlers. There is a um, company uh, crytech which which engine um is behind a lot of the 3d shooters like the 3d engine uh, mm. actually amazon bought a stake in this company but they're not too much intertwined with the fintech or other tech startup scene and also the biotech startup scene is more or less keeping to themselves mm. but it's it's like several different layers of startups in several different hubs and then you have to find the right layer and the right hub so it's it's a big combination of all of that all across germany because germany many people may not know but between 1648 and 1815 germany was kind of split up between sometimes 200 or 300 different little uh, ruler areas like dukes and um Mm -hmm. and um, whatever other ruler was out there. And so Germany has a very strong uh, federal tradition, which is still held up in uh, today's Germany. And so that's one of the reasons why there's a lot of very different clusters from the federal tradition. And always Germany also tries to like spread out all the um, 
important institutions. For example, uh, the Constitutional Court of Germany is in Karlsruhe and not in Berlin or not in Bonn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And due to this, like, what kind of, uh, what is happening currently in the market? Like, what kind of, like, is there any people or companies coming from other parts of the world as well to open up their businesses in Germany? Because as you're, uh, as you're saying that a lot of things are happening in a lot of different areas, like specific area is, it's kind of a widespread as well. But at the same time, you said that yeah, most of the e-commerce is happening in one area. So do you see like overall, first overall, like uh, overall from a country point of view, is there a lot of startups? Is there any, is there any or is there a lot of startups coming from other parts of the world? Um, or not? If yes, then are they landing in any specific business area, B B2C, B2B, tech, or something like that? Um, there are a lot of um, startup companies coming to Germany. Uh, most of them are doing their European Union market entry in Germany because um, it makes sense if you look from a bird's eye point of view, you have the European Union and mm -hmm. then uh, you just uh, make uh, make your headquarter in the biggest economy in the European Union. That makes sense. Mm. Um, it kind of depends where you end up. It It's also a question of where's the talent, where the right universities, the right people, the right environment. Um, many startups end up in Berlin, but also a lot of startups end up, for example, in Munich or Frankfurt. For example, in Frankfurt, almost everything that is going on in the German cloud business is there because uh, Frankfurt um, is home to the busiest internet not in the world. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that fact. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and are there like any government programs also running that might be attracting companies to start something of their own, like maybe city specific, maybe country specific, any programs run being run by the government saying that I have you, if you start your own business, we're going to give you maybe $5,000 grant or whatever uh, euro or whatever number. Is there any program being run by the government to support maybe international business or local businesses? Well, that's hard to say. As I said, Germany is a federal structure. So basically, there's one layer like the local um county or city then there's a layer like one of the 16 german states and mm. then there's the layer of federal government they are of course always programs but the question is always um are you able to find the right one and um do you find anyone that applies to you at all but basically um i would say germany is more business friendly it's not that easy to open uh, like a subsidiary here, but as um, a uh, lady that I had in the interview from Australia originally said, Germany takes a lot of time to set up, but then it actually works like clockwork. Hmm. Okay, okay. Maybe the enter into, entering into the system is a little bit hard when you get into it. It's systematic in that sense, maybe. Yes, it's it's easier. They they are like proven processes all all around. So 
um, if you want to get through your tax filing, you know how to do it and you do it on a regular basis or your tax advisor does it for you or the administrative stuff. It's, it's usually just, just routine stuff you have to do and there's not new uh, difficulties, problems coming up on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And oh, the final thing that I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think the advantage of starting a startup company in Germany as compared to other parts of maybe European Union or uh, maybe whole world? Like any advantage that you think that you can think of? Mm, I would say there's a lot of advantages. There is, for example, um, very well-trained workforce around here um the company is not uh, the money for st- starting a company is not as plenty as in other areas of the world but it's also here and available and you for example in frankfurt i talked to an indian born entrepreneur who um bragged that he can get in the uh in the morning in his office in the afternoon he goes to the airport he flies to new york he does a meeting and he flies the same day back um and uh, then he can get the next day to work and get home in the evening like it it was just a wow. country trip <laughs> so it's <laughs> also very well connected and um and of course it's it's the biggest economy in the European Union. So if you're thinking about European Union, it makes sense to take a look at Germany. But as I said, it's the federal structure. Look what what type of incentives, what type of um, criteria you're looking at, for example, workforce, for example, uh, location, logistics, funding, um, whatever there 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 are different criteria and not all of them makes one city one location the, the best place mm-hmm. okay okay that's a that's a, a great information coming directly from you as as i know for sure that you are involved in a lot of startups um within germany itself and your podcast is also about that so i'm pretty sure like i'm thousand percent sure the knowledge that you're giving is kind of invaluable so and finally and what uh, go ahead sorry for the interruption and sure. uh, but actually what a lot of startups are doing um in the big cities like talking berlin hamburg frankfurt munich and also m- maybe cologne mm-hmm. um there are the big uh, co-working space providers like a uh, tribal like mindspace uh like we work they're all there and if you have a membership in your home country it kind of makes sense to first send one employee there for a few weeks for a few months and kind of test the waters that's what i experience more and more that startups are actually doing this but right now um, everything is on corona hold <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i so as you touch this point like yeah i can i wanted to ask you then i said okay yeah i think you kind of answer but still like as you're saying that uh, the strategy should be somewhat like uh, send one employee here see the setup see the scene like how this is working this is going to work or not and if yes how much effort is going to be required or money or things like that. Uh, but in in terms of a localization, as you said, that uh, there are a lot of companies who are kind of copying what has already been done in other parts of the world. So do you know like any particular reason or any reason that is coming in your mind, like 
this is why it is happening. Maybe it is due to language. Maybe those companies are making it more, more kind of focused towards local community. That's why they are able to run the same duplicate copy of the existing business that is operating in other parts of the world. What do you think? Like, is there any particular reason coming in your mind? It used to be much more prominent to actually do that uh, with the um, with the most visible company being Rocket Internet, who actually mm -hmm. did that. Um, I do believe they did it for the reason because it's the safest bet to start a startup. You're looking at a concept that worked somewhere else, mm -hmm. and then you get a lot of um, uh, high-paid uh, former consultants and investment bankers and a lot of smart people to work on it and maybe improve it. And for example, in the case of HelloFresh, the mm. copycat uh, is right now apparently better than, for example, the inventor Blue Apron. Mm. Okay. 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 And okay, I got it. I got it. So, so, so there is no kind of particular kind of reason like if it worked, it's kind of a proof of concept. Yeah, it worked in other part of the world. Let's try here. Yes, exactly. And I do believe it's easier to get investors' money if you can prove, well, this concept worked there, this concept worked there, and now we want to take it here with a little bit adjustment. Uh, we're testing it for two years. We're building up a team, and that's the plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And... Finally, before we wrap up, uh, of course, I wanted to ask you, where can we learn more about you and your podcast and someone wants to go and have a, have a listen to one of your episodes? Well, you can either go to www.startup.radio and you'll end up on my website or you can look for startuprate.io in almost any podcast or streaming app out there we are on spotify deezer TuneIn, uh apple podcast google podcast we even in mainland china present on shimalaya mm -hmm, mm -hmm. thank you thank you so much joe for coming to the part today this means a lot thank you thank you my pleasure